this is the place. You, you've got it right, folks, where all the great information is stored. And the wonderful thing, like Michael Babcock, we love to share it, too. That's why we bring guys like Michael Babcock and all the folks that we have here as our contributors to the program on board to share with us and tell us all sorts of great stuff. Kelly and company here weekdays live from 2 to uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Repeat of the show at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on AMI-audio. We're starting the week also off with our latest sports update. We welcome in Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone, who gives us the headlines. As a former athlete, I eat, sleep, and breathe everything sports. I'm Brock Richardson. Join me every Monday for your weekly sports highlights and our take on the weekend action. We usually start with Brock's leadoff, and I mentioned headlines. Well, here's a big headline for you, and I got it. Congratulations to the Neutral Zone. You guys, Brock, in September are becoming a video podcast. So tell all of our listeners, yeah, I know you guys broke this Friday on the program with Andy Frank as your guest. Uh, what will this look like? It, thank you, first of all, for the congratulations. And it will look uh, very different because you will be able to physically see us, of course, as we'll be on camera. And there will be some... How shall we say some uh, sound effects that one Mark Aflalo may throw in there on a weekly basis? If someone says something funny or makes a joke, he'll add a few sound effects. So it'll be cool. We'll have the same, you know, guests, Paris Sport, Pro Sport, all that. But you'll be able to see us uh, beginning on the uh, 13th of September. It will launch and you'll be able to see our faces. We'll get more from you as we get closer to the launch, of course, when you're here for your sports update. But just two things dawn on me. For those who are solid listeners, always been a part of the show, will it be structured different, number one? And how will people be able to gain access? Um, will it still be available here on AMI-audio, for example? It will be available here on AMI-audio. Uh, it's going to be available on uh, Tuesday around about 11 a.m. or so. Um, and that's where you can get that. It'll still be available on a podcast as well. And yeah, we're just gonna, we're not really changing a lot of our format. We're just going to be able to see a lot of the faces that we have for interviews. We'll hopefully see a lot of that. And I can tell you that the Canadian Paralympic Committee will be involved in our launch as they've always been a big supporter of ours. So looking forward to that on the first episode. Okay, sir. Thank you. We'll we'll hear more as we get closer to the date in September. Brock, what's your leadoff for our show today? Uh, leadoff for your show is one that isn't the best news, but in a suspension not seen in a very long time in Major League Baseball, a significant star is out for a very long time due to performance-enhancing drugs. Let's take a listen. 80 games. That is a suspension for San Diego Padre shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. after testing positive for a performance-enhancing substance, according to Major League Baseball. He's out of the game immediately. The 23-year-old has been on the injured list and was due to return later this month. He's been a star since arriving in the league in 2019 and is in a 14-year, $340 million deal. The Padres releasing a statement saying they are surprised and disappointed. Alex Stone, EBC News. This is uh, very surprising news, very shocking news when I saw this over the weekend. Um, I am happy to say that he did take ownership uh, and did acknowledge that he did take 
these drugs accidentally. Um, not really sure how you can accidentally take it with all all of the doctors and things that are surrounded. He did need it for allegedly some kind of medical situation going on with him. But if that's true, there are such things as uh, therapeutic use exemption forms, which could have been uh, dealt with in different ways. So it's a little bit unfortunate to see that this is done. Such a young guy and really a star in Major League Baseball. This is this is not this is not good for the game of baseball. Well, and unfortunately, you get too many of the doctors that have to kind of eat that and say, "My mistake. I didn't communicate that well to him. I prescribed it, but I thought we were clear." And the you know yada 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 form was going to be done. There's unfortunately a lot of the things that try to and and you know on the band list, there's a tremendous amount of stuff outside of what we would consider performance enhancing. Sometimes there are other things for um, other other conditions, situations people have. They're human beings like the rest of us with, with different health uh, concerns that they, they have to attend to. And a lot of times you just need those forms done to say, hey, this person uh, needs this. Uh, anywhere else or anything else? Yeah, I just, I want to say that, um, that, you know, as an athlete, you have to have the ownership uh, fall on yourself. Yep, the doctor may have misformed, miscommunicated, all those things. But you as the athlete need to take the, the step forward and say, look, at this needs to be done, and you need to take care of it with, with a fine-tooth comb because it's going to be you that's going to have the punishment. It doesn't matter whether the doctor says, look, my mistake, my bad. You're still going to have the suspension, and it's that simple, and it falls on your your feet at the end of it all when it's all said and done so it's it's tough uh this next piece i want to have a little bit of fun with you here i saw something that popped up on my facebook timeline today and it uh gave me the top four worst baseball parks as (laughs) due to the fan experience do you want to Take a crack at this at all here, guys? Yeah, yeah. I'd like, I, I know right off the bat, I've got to say Tampa Bay. I've got to say sure. the trough over there is, is probably number one because I've heard the most complaints about it. Check. That is, you're correct. Secondly, I've got to say the Oakland Coliseum. They talk about building that place or get, well, getting out of it, building a new stadium. And it's one of those stadiums that also used to entertain football in it. And any of the ones that have done that, there's a lot of that. It's not a baseball-friendly stadium. It's, uh, the sight lines are terrible. Um, they say that about the Rogers Center in Toronto. So uh, are either of those two on your list? Check on the Oakland Coliseum. Where would you slot the Rogers Center. Well, I don't think it's that terrible, and I, I hear us complain about it more and base more people say it on age. So I'm not sure it's in that top three. I, I would think there's somebody that I'm forgetting that probably slots in there, but I, I would think Toronto would be, you know, fifth or sixth. Um, I would it's, almost say like Fenway Park for someone like me, as much as it's old and no one will insult the old stadiums because <laughs> they are, you know, their history. Um, I would yeah. say that place for a guy like me fitting into those seats would, would be my number one. But uh, as, yeah. as a what? Well, and the rats that they say run around in there. But I'd say that'd be my number one. Yeah. Um, so the Rogers Center is on the list, but they're fourth. Oh. The uh, third one is the... A uh, Lone Depot Park, which is where the Miami Marlins play. Oh. And I did some further research in this because I was curious to know any guesses on what would be the best baseball park for fan experience? Oh, my I was goodness. surprised. 
really? Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, I was going to say, I think the one in Minnesota is up there. It's either Minnesota or Baltimore. How about if I told you PNC Park? No, was- that's true, too. I used to hear that was the absolute best because people were really mad that that was built with money from the New York Yankees nap because of the luxury taxes. And since Pittsburgh finished so badly and they got a nice brand new stadium. The other one I hear it's good, even though it's old, for an experience is Los Angeles for the Dodger Stadium. Yeah, that was, it's funny, that one was um, sixth on the best ballpark that I saw. Of course, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, uh, fit into that list before even uh, even that one. But yeah, there, there are some really great ballparks. And it made me, when I was looking this up, I'm thinking, gee, I want to go travel to some more ball ballparks because oh, i know rogers was... center just reminds me of cement and it just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. nice you want to see cement go to the old olympic stadium but uh, you know these things still have character unfortunately when they were multi-purpose it took away from them but can we move on speaking of baseball let's move down to your uh blue jays weekend uh because rogers center may not be the most friendly place and we know they're going to do upgrades <laughs> and stuff like that i don't know what they're going to do for the team brock uh, how was the weekend in review when you look at it and how this this went what are your thoughts it was a rough weekend when you only score four offensive runs in a span of three games it doesn't matter how good your pitching is uh um, Barrios was terrible. Um, I, I don't know what to say about that. I, I will highlight the fact that, uh, Mitch White really did pitch well. He commanded the zone. He was filling up the strike zone. Now, in addition to that, my only concern would be the following. The more book that the American league gets on a guy like him, I don't know how easy it will be for him to just fill up the strike zone as much as he was. They were great pitches that he was doing. It wasn't like it was center cut right down the middle, of course, but I just feel like the more book people get on a guy like him, you're not going to see as dominant of a start as we saw. But when you have the ability to take advantage of a team that may not see you as often, sure, go ahead and fill up the strike zone. But if you want to believe that you can do that start after start for the remainder of the year, I would think twice because... um, Teams, teams do start to understand who you are and what you're about. The other thing that I want to put out there today, I've heard a little bit about this here and there in uh, media, is George Springer. Well, George Springer, when he's out, you know, they don't play well. Yes, statistically, that is true. I do think George Springer makes a difference to this team. There is no question about that. But he, he's not the end-all, be-all. He, he will make a big difference. He is eligible to come off of the uh, IL today. I haven't heard officially whether he's in or out, but he will make a difference. I'm just not sure that it's that big of a difference where you're going to see things, things happen. And as you pointed out to me earlier, look at what happened with Cleveland. What were they doing? Running hard out of the box. That made the difference because what did, what did the infielders do? They rushed to make plays and guys were just out running it. So when a team plays better than you, as far as a hustle, that's the result you're going to expect. And you don't see that from the Toronto Blue Jays as much as we love them. I mean, Alejandro Kirk runs like cement if you really want to know the truth. But, you know, you can't just mash baseballs. You have to play good baseball. And they had some luck where that, you know, fair ball and a bunt hit the third, third base bag. And, well, these things happen. But you got you to gotta be lucky to be good sometimes. And the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend were just off a little bit. 
They were not the best team. Hopefully, they'll do better with Baltimore than they did last week. But right now, we are seeing a team that offensively isn't doing what they what they're reportedly able to do. Pitching is not what it should be, and often uh, defense, excuse me, is struggling. I would love to think about a tandem. Maybe Kikuchi and Stripling, maybe uh, Mitch White, something Brock when it comes to pitching, that because we either go to a six man rotation or do something. I, I know you and probably. Th- oh, go ahead. And this is where the management sort of failed the Toronto Blue Jays. Did they fill holes? Yes, but they didn't fill it a hundred percent. They kind of gave you middle of the road guys, and you're not seeing those holes being completely plugged up when you see injuries like a George Springer and how much of an impact that can make. But as for how significant it is, it's hard to tell. Yep. A uh, big name in curling who's retiring. Uh, fill us in. Yes. So uh, Eve Muirhead is retiring at the old age of 32. Uh, this surprised a lot of people, but she's uh, won pretty well at every level. She's won uh, three European championships. She's won a world championship and a gold medal. So really been around the block and done the things. I said this to someone, ah, oh, she retired early, but then they pointed out to me, yeah, but she started when she was 17 years old. And when you do that, that's a long career yeah. in the end. So congratulations to her on what was a great career. She will be missed for sure. The World Junior Hockey Championship is on at the moment. How's Team Canada doing? Jeffy and I were talking briefly about it off the top. You were, and I got to agree with what Jeff was saying. I can't get into this as much as I would like to. They're taking care of business. They're winning the games they need to win. Even a team like Finland tonight is not on the level of Canada or shouldn't be on the level of Canada. I do expect a win. I like what I've been seeing from Mason McTavish having 10 points in three games. That's crazy when you consider the next guy below them is from Finland and only having eight points in that same amount of games. I I do notice that defensively, Canada is not quite as strong as they have been in years past. But again, I expect them to win tonight's game, which makes it a quote-unquote easier route when you get into the quarters and semi. The semi is really when you're going to get that test of those bigger countries like Sweden, like the United States. So the true test is about to happen tonight and moving forward. It's interesting how, as you mentioned, teams aren't what what they even were back in December when we first tried to start. Yeah, no, they're not. And there's guys, there's about seven or eight guys missing on Team Canada. And, and again, other teams could be saying the same thing. Look, there's guys missing on our team as well. This is a staple in December. Everyone knows when this event is going to be. And that's why you're seeing people like I who are like, yeah, I'm not as personally invested in this one because it's summertime. It just feels weird in in the summer. I'm not sure I would say, Kelly, that I'd rather them not be on. But I am leaning towards that. When it left in December, I'm thinking, oh, you got to put it back on. But now that it's in the summer, I'm just kind of like, Meh, I'm not really feeling it. I know. I wonder if it'll impact it come December because we're just going to do it again. Yeah. And and again, December is not that far away where it's like, oh, we just turned around and, and, and did it again. And, and it will be in Canada 
where it's going to be, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was supposed to be in Russia and it's been moved to, to Canada again. So this is the third straight event it's been in Canada. And a lot of people will say, eh, does Canada deserve to host it? I don't know if you can blame it on the whole country of Canada, what's going on with Hockey Canada. I think that they deserve to host it as much as the next yeah. individual. I think any of these incidences would have happened anywhere in the world or could have happened anywhere in the world. It just seems like a big black mark because of the assault happening in Canada. And that's just the way it is. It's, it is kind of rough. It's tough to think about, but you know, it is like you say what it is. You want to scrim up there and just cover quickly some uh, tennis stuff. What happened? How did our Canadians do over the weekend? Well, over the last week uh, regarding the open. Um, Look, I'm going to start with uh, Denis Shapovalov on this one. I didn't like what I saw from Denis, just basically on the attitude alone of Denis. I think that he is becoming a John McEnroe kind of type. Mm. I think B- Bianca did okay. She's returned uh, back from injury. She made it to that uh, playoff round. Round of 16 didn't quite get into the round of eight. Uh, Felix Ojeeliasim is the next real up-and-coming star. As he was the only one to make it into the quarters and just ran up against a better opponent. So we'll see what happens at the U.S. Open, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Right now they're in Cincinnati, which is not as big of an event. Awesome. That's great, Brock. Thank you very much. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports news, some updates, and, of course, headlines. Join him and the Neutral Zone gang Fridays for a little while, anyway, here on AMI-audio. You can catch them at 4 p.m. Eastern time or available, for sure, as a podcast. Coming up next, AMI-TV reporter Alex Smythe. He's going to highlight the upcoming AMI This Week feature on the Disability Hall of Fame. Stand by.